2 Samuel chapter 17. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Let me now choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David tonight. I will come on him while he is weary and exhausted, and will make him afraid. All the people who are with him will flee. I will strike the king only, and I will bring back all the people to you. The man who you seek is as if all returned, and all the people shall be in peace. The saying pleased Absalom as well, and all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the Archite also, and let's hear likewise what he says. When Hushai had come to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken like this. Shall we do what he says? If not, speak up. Hushai said to Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel has given this time is not good. Hushai said, Moreover, you know your father and his men, that they are mighty men, and they are fierce in their minds, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Your father is a man of war, and he will not lodge with a people. Behold, he is now hidden in some pit or in some other place. It will happen when some of them have fallen at the first, that whoever hears it will say, There is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. Even he who is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion, will utterly melt. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and that those who are with him are valiant men. I counsel that all Israel be gathered together to you, from Dan even to Beersheba, as sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that you go to battle in your own person. So we will come on him in some place where he will be found, and we will light on him as the dew falls on the ground. Then we will not leave so much as one of him and all the men who are with him. Moreover, if he has gone into a city, then all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we will draw it into the river until there isn't one small stone found there. Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the Archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel, for Yahweh had ordained to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to the intent that Yahweh might bring evil on Absalom. Then Hushai said to Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, Ahithophel counseled Absalom and the elders of Israel that way, and I have counseled this way. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Don't lodge tonight at the fords of the wilderness, but by all means pass over, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people who are with him. Now Jonathan and Ahimaz were staying at Enrogel, and a female servant used to go and tell them, and they went and told King David for they might not be seen to come into the city. But a boy saw them and told Absalom. Then they both went away quickly and came to a house of a man in Behurim, who had a well in his court, and they went down there. The woman took and spread the covering over the well's mouth and spread out crushed grain on it, and nothing was known. Absalom's servants came to the woman to the house, and they said, Where are Ahibaz and Jonathan? The woman said to them, They have gone over the brook of water. When they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. After they had departed, they came up out of the well and went and told King David. And they said to David, Arise and pass quickly over the water, for thus has Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose, and all the people who were with him, and they passed over the Jordan. By the morning light there lacked not one of them who had not gone over the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey, arose and went home to his city and set his house in order 
and hanged himself, and he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. Then David came to Mahanaim, Absalom passed over the Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. Absalom set Amasa over the army instead of Joab. Now Amasa was the son of a man whose name was Ithra, the Israelite, who went into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sisters to Zeruiah, Joab's mother. Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. When David had come to Mahanaim, Shobi the son of Nahash of Rabah of the children of Ammon, and Machir the son of Amiel of Lodabar, and Barzillai the Gileadite of Rogalim, they brought beds, basins, earthen vessels, wheat, barley, meal, parched grain, beans, lentils, roasted grain, honey, butter, sheep, and cheese of the herd for David and for the people who were with him to eat. For they said, The people are hungry, weary, and thirsty in the wilderness. All right. So um, I said, uh, was it last chapter or two chapters ago, that Hithophel was a picture of Judas. And um, Ahithophel is giving great advice. And his advice is to, um, quick, get 12,000 men, let's pursue David and let's kill him right now and only him. We don't want to battle, we just want to get the one guy and it'll all be over and we can come back and everything will settle down. And that was, apparently, would have been great advice. <laughs> but the Lord had determined to frustrate his advice. And so Hushai the Archite is there, and he, he says, um, oh, the advice of Ahithophel is not good this time. And um, so he acknowledges that Ahithophel's advice is usually good. <laughs> but he says, um, and I guess he's trying to put fear into Absalom's mind. He says, you know your father is like a bear robbed of her cubs. And he's a smart man. He's a man of war. And he's not going to hide with the you, you know, you're going to go down and they're looking for him. And you're not going to find him. He's too smart for that. And, you know, there'll be, a, there'll be bloodshed and people will die and everyone's going to start worrying and, and it's going to undermine the confidence of your army. And, well, the Lord just caused his advice to just to be received. Now, so let's consider for a minute. Put yourself in the position of Absalom just for a theoretical moment. And just say you've been given these two pieces of advice. You know, on one hand, send 12,000 soldiers, go and eliminate. Or you've been, you know, the other advice is raise an army, a proper army. Get everyone together and pursue David. And you know he's only got a few thousand people with him. You know, thoroughly snuff him out. Which advice would you choose? Well, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to know. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's interesting here because Ahithophel... When he finds out that his advice is not followed, he saddles up his donkey and he goes home and he hangs himself, puts his house in order and hangs himself. And it's just like Judas. Judas, when he finds out that the thing that he had planned has not gone the way he thought, he hangs himself. And um, I guess Ahithophel must have really knew that... Um, if, if his advice wasn't followed, he must have known it wasn't going to work out well. Like, he must have really had a very clear political sense of how things were. He must have been quite a sharp guy. And um, so, uh, he's an interesting character to me. And I think Judas is also an interesting character. And um, so he dies. Now, David comes to a place called Mahanaim. Mahanaim is in the land of Israel, but it's on the other side of the Jordan River. And it's where Jacob visited. When, when Jacob was coming back from Laban in the book of Genesis, he stopped at Mahanaim for the night. And Mahanaim means two camps. 
And the reason it means two camps is because Jacob split his family into two groups because he thought Esau was going to attack and he wanted he thought if one group gets attacked, the other group will survive. But it also was the night that the angels visited. So God was present in the place. And I really like that. I like the, the idea of God being present. And Mahanaim to me is, is one of my favorite Bible places. And um, so when he gets to Mahanaim, he meets this guy called Barzillai the Gileadite. <laughs> Didn't have great names back then. And Barzillai gives him provisions, an unbelievable amount of provisions, beds and cheese and honey. And he really, really looks after him. And uh, it's, it's, it's the Lord's grace. But if you're going to put yourself back into ancient times, um, this was a life and death decision by Barzillai the Gileadite. Because you think about this for a minute. Suppose you come to David, he's fleeing from Absalom, and you give to him supplies. And then next thing, David loses the battle with Absalom and he's dead. What's Absalom and all the victorious people going to think about you, the person who's just supplied the king? You're going to be, you know, persona non grata. You're going to be someone that's not appreciated. And a lot of the times, um, the enemy would be completely destroyed or sold into slavery or terrible, terrible things. So political decisions had huge consequences. You know, like in Australia, when it's voting day, we go down to the voting uh, booth and um, as you're walking in to vote, you've got all these people here representing all the different political groups and they each give you a piece of paper showing you how they want you to vote. And you look at them all and in, you know, if you're hopefully uh, a, a good Christian, you will have prayed in advance and got the mind of the Lord on it. Or you'll have weighed up, you know, the opinions and, and considered which one of these is most Christ-like. But the fact is that you can choose any one of those parties and you're not going to die. And it's anonymous. <laughs> but even if it wasn't anonymous, you still wouldn't die. It might, you might have some problems and you might argue with family and friends and disagree, but that's as bad as, bad as it gets. But here in ancient times, choosing which political group to be affiliated with can could quite regularly be a life or death decision. And so aren't you glad we live in, uh, you know, modern times? And uh, But I just wanted to say that it really struck me that this is the nature of our spiritual life. In our spiritual life, we have to decide if we're on Christ's side or we're on Lucifer's side. And... Um, Absalom is a picture of Lucifer. He's completely underhanded. He's against the king. He's an antichrist. David is a picture of Christ, and Absalom is anti. He's against him. And um, so, you know, the decisions of people in the land at the time, they had to be on one side or the other, and these were life or death decisions. And so people would often flip-flop, because it, especially if no one knew what side they were on before, and if they thought this side's now winning, they're going to, you know, align themselves, because people want to live and, um, but we want to live too. We want to live with Christ. And so our decision and how we live our life too, it's not just about our preference, it's a life and death decision as well. And sadly, a lot of people don't realize that because they live their lives more with worldly values, not realizing that these are life and death decisions. But Barzillai, the uh, Gileadite, he sends provisions to Christ. He's on Christ's side. <laughs> And so that's what we need to do. We need to be like Barzillai the Gileadite. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for this chapter. Thank you that uh, you frustrated the advice of Ahithophel. Lord, all of Israelite history and all salvation history hinged in that moment. Thank you, Lord, you knew what you were doing. You answered David's prayer that his advice would be frustrated. And thank you, Lord, you answer our prayers too. And I pray that we would be people clearly on Christ's side. Even though there was a rebellion, Lord, the rebellion was defeated. And I pray that we would walk with Christ um, and uh, be a light and life and an example to those around us. Bless my listeners today in Jesus' name. Amen.